Hello, hello. I hate how that how I said that. Um, hello. No. Hi. This is all going to be kept in. Hey, it's I'm Danielle. It's Danielle. I'm the host of the show. It's female intern. Welcome. Thanks for listening. Um, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to talk about uh, the candles that you can get with a discount. And then I'm going to just say, uh, just give you, I don't know, just check in with with you guys. And then and then we'll have a guest. Today's guest is uh, a comic named Tori Huggins, and I'm pretty excited to talk to him. Um, right. Candles. Okay. There's this brand, Knows Best. It's based here in Brooklyn. They make soy, non-toxic candles. They got really cute, funny little names like um, Bitch Goddess and Big Spoon. Um, the candles smell lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm smelling Big Spoon right now, burning it rather here in the studio. Um, and basically, there will be a link in the episode notes where you can go, you, you know, click on it, buy some candles, or you can just enter promo code female intern. That's right. We have a promo code. So I'm, I'm pretty proud to be affiliated with this, with this company, with this small business. So I hope you show them some love. Okay. So I'll talk for just a few minutes, um, I guess, just catch anyone up on what's going on in my life. Um, last week, I lost my my last living grandparent, um, my grandmother, my father's mother, Anna Deludi. Um, she died in, in hospice um, and at the age of 91. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I was just uh, upstairs asking my my friend Debancourt and my boyfriend David, "Hey, what what should I talk about?" And then David said, "Oh, you talk about how your grandma died." And I was like, "Oh, that doesn't sound very fun for the listeners." And he was basically like, "Well, your podcast isn't fun, <laughs> like it's not funny," which is true. I can't tell if Connor's yawning or if he's laughing. <laughs> okay, he laughed. I feel a little bit guilty saying that I don't feel this acute sense of grief. My grandmother was suffering for quite a long, for a number of years now. I find some peace knowing that that suffering is over now. You know, to my knowledge, I don't really know what happens on the other side, but it, it's strange. I, there was a very small graveside funeral and like I didn't, I didn't cry and I feel a little guilty about that. But I also, I don't know, I've been reflecting on my relationship with my grandmother, really with all of my grandparents. I used to do this joke, like, uh, people people love their grandparents. Wh why? Um, you know, I'm being a little cheeky. But I, I didn't have any relationships with my grandparents where I really felt seen. Our relationships didn't feel so personal. And this particular grandmother... I was at her apartment today with my dad, my uncle, and a cousin. We were just cleaning some stuff out. I took home a big book called The Joys of Yiddish, which I'm excited to look through. I opened up the book. Literally, the page that I just randomly opened up to, what do you think it said? That's right, the word kike, and it defined it. Um, and I just thought that was kind of like a beautiful a beautiful sort of moment. Um, and I also want to say, I, I've also used to, used to do a joke about this. I'll probably continue to do it, but I, the, the word kike, Jewish people, we don't have good slurs. Like we just like kike. Okay. First of all, if you call somebody a kike, like you're truly a dork. Okay. That's the most old timey, 
Wow, you were a kike. Oh, okay. Like, go back to sleep, Grandpa. You know what I mean? Like, who says that? Also, it's not like we haven't reclaimed it, you know, in the way that maybe some other slurs in popular culture have been reclaimed. And kike? I don't even know. Like, I... No one ever taught us the the etymology of that word. It just doesn't really have, I don't know. It's not punchy. It's not, it doesn't, I'm not interested in reclaiming that word. Kike, pretty weird. Okay, am I saying it too many times? Yeah, I just wish we had better slurs. The only, like the slur for Jewish people is actually just Jew, which is very, you know, wow, what is that? What's that about? You know, the the word is the slur. Yikes. Okay, that's that's a lot of, that's going to result in a lot of internalized hatred that you can, you best believe I'm still trying to unlearn. Um, but yeah, right. Like, oh, you're a Jew. Like, hey, that's rude. <laughs> that's, in, that's insulting. And it's like, well, no, they did just sort of say what you are. Yeah. So I opened up to the word kike and that was kind of, that was kind of a cute moment. I'm being really uh, glib. I want to acknowledge that there are people who've really faced uh, quite a lot of violence that was, you know, joined by slur, the slur. Um, and me sitting here in my, you know, privileged, cloistered, um, rich Jewish American princess life, I have not encountered the kind of anti-Semitic hatred and, and violence that some might. So it's really easy for me to sit here and be like, <laughs> Kike, who even says that? Okay, nobody. Because yeah, somebody says it, you know, some people say it, but yeah, I really wasn't planning on talking about that. I was really just going to talk about how I didn't really feel very close to my grandma or my grandparents. And it leaves me with some odd feelings. Like, I'm not quite sure how to process the grief. I don't know. Ever since starting birth work, death has become something that I feel very um, called to confront a lot more. You know, mortality, to to name it and to face it, not to fear it. and. Um, never talk about it and just try to avoid it. That doesn't seem right. Death is normal. It is certainly also can be very tragic, but it is not, but it, it's, it's, un, it's inevitable for all of us. And so I don't know. I just, I, I think it's important to talk about it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if anyone else feels similarly about their relationships with their grandparents. Like, did they know you very well? Did they, did they know like what, what you were into, what your opinions were, um, like the the true idiosyncrasies of your personality. Because um, I just kind of felt like, I felt like my grandparents, all of them sort of belonged to a generation or a slash culture where you just sort of collect grandchildren. And like the goal is to sort of just like catch as many as you can, you know, kind of like Pokemon and not necessarily keep track of of so closely of all of them. I, I don't mean to suggest like they didn't know who we were. They didn't know, like they knew, they knew our accomplishments. Our names, our birthdays and our accomplishments. Where did we go to school and what are our jobs? I've also been watching a lot of violent TV shows. Um... Do I want to talk about that? I've already been talking for uh, 12 minutes, so I'm going to actually stop and I'm going to go get our guest. Um, thanks for listening to this part. Where, like, where's he at? Like this dude, you hear these stories about this guy and you're just like, This guy the devil. Yeah. What's his deal? Like, Where I, is he? I know his favorite color. We all do. Red. Yeah, he uh, he has a, a 
weird obsession with souls. I wonder if he has souls, like how people collect butterflies and shit. Probably just in frames <laughs> on the wall. Yeah. Just taxidermied souls. <laughs> are we, uh, are we recording? Everything's looking good. You're recording. Great. Nice. Okay. Bye. <laughs> See you later. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you like the vibe in here. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Look at that clock. It's three, three, three. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> that's fucked up. What? That's messed up. Okay. That's that's weird. Are you a night owl or um, early riser? Neither? Both? I you know what? I think I I'm an early riser, but it's a, a defect. I don't want it to be that way. Mm. You know, like like I can go to sleep. Like it's not a problem. You give me a floor and a duffel bag good to go like you'll stay asleep oh yeah but you got stuff to do so you yeah. gotta get up once you get up you're just like all right as long as i have a shower that's all i need like i can't imagine morning shower yeah okay oh yeah yeah okay. morning shower that's my coffee yeah you know like you just you're just in there thinking about shit you should have said when you were a child mm -hmm. you start recounting those moments yeah i do a lot of talking out loud in the shower talking out loud singing mm -hmm. like you know improvising fake speeches practicing <laughs> accents what accents, do you get into yeah accents do it for me yeah i try to sing uh uh r&b songs yeah with a country accent Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good like that's umbrella so but like if brad paisley was doing it that's i don't know brad paisley <laughs> but i trust you <laughs> i trust that that's funny yeah, do those and uh, what else do I do? I try not to slip. I was just actually thinking about trying to install maybe some sort of like tension pole or or something in like a corner of the shower because I'm slipping. I'm yeah. slipping and it's uh not safe. It's actually not safe. All those fucking sharp edges. Like I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna take a bath. I mean, come on. I know. I wanted. I wanted to take a bath actually recently. Um recently a few months ago at this point my drain doesn't it you can't fill the tub Shut it up. will not stop oh like you can't i'd have to i have to buy some sort of like drain plug oh my god which like okay whatever my grandma used to have the uh porcelain bathtub with the like clawed feet oh yeah. uh, dream uh, it dream was one bathtub. Of the scariest tubs i've ever been in why because i'm just like dude I should not be sitting in here not knowing what's under this tub. I don't know what's under that tub. It's the floor and like six inches of like mystery. Yeah. Six inches of liminal space beneath the tub. Crazy. Anything could happen to you. Spirits. And I watched Freddy Krueger when I was like okay. a kid. And I was well, like, well, baths are out for me. Baths. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> We're not doing baths. I hear that. Well, welcome to the show. The hey. show's called Female Intern. Um, yeah. I'm the host, and and today the guest is Tori Huggins. What's up, everybody? Hi, Tori. What's up? Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, too. absolutely. Oh yeah. I'm I feel excited. like I know a lot of we know a lot of people in common. Yeah. And I haven't had much much of a chance to to get to know you. Yeah, New York is crazy, man. Just all these people we're it's, running around it's a doing lot what we do. Of people. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 great to be here. I'm happy uh, walking here from the train. Gave me a little bit of PTSD. Oh, no. Because I used to live 
I call it a hostel because that's the best way I can okay. explain it. <laughs> but it's like a probably like a block and a half from here. This woman, she was like renting out her uh, two bedroom through Airbnb. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was $30 a day. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I just moved to New York and now I got to be out. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me hop on this. And the lady had this thing where, like, she cut the price in half if you, like, paid her cash. Mm. and But she didn't specify the living situation. Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, Uh-oh, so what are we talking here? Oh, it was fucked up. Oh, no. I mean, three-tiered bunk beds. Yeah. What? Didn't even know those existed. I didn't know those existed outside of, like, camper vans. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, three-tiered, but... She had four of them in a two bedroom. Yeah. Oh my god. That was so fucked up. Like one in one room, one in another. And they were all filled. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then two in the living room slash kitchen. Oh my god. Mine was that bottom. I'll never forget it. Whoa! Did you? That is that's a hostel. That <laughs> is a hostel. Did you like? Did you make friends or was it like no one talked to each other? I met. I made friends with. I did make friends with a couple people, uh, one of which we're close friends. Um, he really helped me out in a bad situation. But I also met uh, this crazy dude. Yeah, probably. Um, he was like 55 or something like that. Israeli guy. Just living in a bunk bed. Yeah. And his, he had this story. He was like, yeah, I moved here from Israel because my sister's married to this rich guy and she owes me money. Mm. I was like, that's not, that's not uh, a promise. Okay. It's not a promise, man. That's a great plan. That's a really good plan. I love that for him. He, uh, it was it was crazy because uh, I would uh, I didn't have a bunch of money at the time, so I was like uh, shopping for groceries at Dollar Tree. Yeah. Like off Flushing Avenue. Mm-hmm. I was shopping there. This is like uh, 2019. Okay. And uh, I would always come back with a bunch of stuff. And then, like, Danny would see me and he'd be like, oh, where'd you get all this from? I was like, oh, I went to Dollar Tree, like, it's on Flushing Avenue. I could take you if you want. And he's like, all right, cool. So I take him uh, later in that week. And (laughs) this dude was asking me if I was sure that everything here is a dollar. The in 13 times. Mm. He's like, are you? He kept going and bringing me shit. I was like, this is a dollar? And then go back and then get something. This is a dollar? I was like, yes. Everything in here. Yeah. Look, <laughs> also, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have price tags at the time, but usually, yeah. usually it's all tagged up. Then he's like, I get in the line and he comes behind me with his stuff. And then he, uh, <laughs> I turn around for a second and I see he's crying. I was like, oh, what? No. Like, Danny. I know this line is long, but dude, (laughs) we're going to make it out of here. He's like, no, in my country, in my area that I was living in, in my neighborhood, if you want a lot of like meat, it costs a lot of money. And, you know, I had a bunch of spam and I was like, dude, if you, dude, you can get all kinds of meat in this one can. It's perfect, dude. A dollar out here, take half. It's Mm -hmm. fine. But he's sitting there crying. Like, I was like, dude, like, what? Don't cry. Like he was like mourning, like what he like happiness that he could afford me. Yeah. Whoa. I was like, holy shit. Like, I mean, I, I didn't really know the dude. And then like the second Weeping. time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, so yeah. so did you move here in 2019? 
Yeah. Can, October can you give me some like some some life background? Oh yeah, fucking um Where you from? Why'd you come here? Yeah, it was kind of, it was crazy. I'm uh original I was originally born in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Which, that was fucking crazy. And then uh military. My sister's father is in the military, so like, you know, we were like traveling and all this shit. So we Your sister's father. Yeah. Stepdad, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she well, my mom met him, then we were like all over the place. I mean, like I went to two elementary schools, two middle schools, Whoa. two high schools, alternative school. And I was like, all right, cool. This is dope. All right. Was it? Was I mean, it no. dope? Or were you like, I hate this? <laughs> it was fucked up. Like you can't like uh you don't have any roots. There's no roots. How do you make fr- like how do you make friends? Exactly. Is it hard for like Oh my god, I have so many questions. Is it hard for you in your adult life to like form attachments or like develop relationships with people? Um, friendships or, or otherwise? I think it had a lot to do with because I hadn't filled that slot, I was like trying to fill it in. Okay. It was like something in me was like, yo, like you can't just be in your head all the time. Yeah. Like you'll get to know yourself, you know, and then like you'll get to like uh, I don't know, I guess be on a deeper level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's like exploring space. Mm-hmm. You know, once you get out there, you're like, all right, cool. Well, let's fuck around with these stars. Yeah. See what's up. <laughs> so where where across the country were you, like, did you live? Have you oh, lived? Oh, yeah. We, uh, so Alabama, then we moved to Florida, Pensacola, Florida. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we moved to, we were in New York for a second. Then we moved to Philly. And then uh, then we moved to Virginia. And once we got to Virginia, it was like like four times in Virginia. I was like, wow, this is. Just four times is, in Virginia. Yeah. I was like, That's, yo. No. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was, it was, it was crazy. And then, uh, you know, I got two younger sisters. So that was amazing. Like, okay. Were you two, guys tight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, What's they, the age gap? So we're all three years apart from each other. Okay. I'm the oldest. And uh I'm the oldest too. Yeah. How does it feel being the oldest? How many uh, siblings yeah, you got? I, I got mixed feelings. I was also like a post divorce family. Same. Um so there were when we were at my dad's, there were four of us. When we were at my mom's, there were two of us. Oh shit. That's a lot of siblings right there. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like uh they weren't your siblings? I had some like weird hang-ups about it my one of my parents was very like um very like it's your step and your half sister they're not your (laughs) real sisters and i was like very influenced by that for a while and was like just always kind of like used those nuanced like those you know very like technical terms and now i'm like my sisters you know um uh, yeah so the so the four is from your dad's me. side? Your, so your, it's me, my brother, and then two sisters. Okay. Technically, stepsister, half-sister. Oh, okay. That okay. would be us at my dad's, and then at my, my, my mom's, it was just me and my brother. Damn, how, how'd you take the divorce? Like, what was that like? It, it, was, it was pretty shitty. Um, my parents, um, they're like the, they were the kind of like um, rich suburban people who like, didn't have like um yacht 
or like vacation house money, but yeah. they did have like, let's litigate what private schools our kids are going to go to okay. money yeah. and let's yeah. sort of squander it on that. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's normal. That's really, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's really a normal thing to do. Um, and so yeah, it kind of felt like they were litigate. They were like in litigation in court, like most of my childhood. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. it was a pretty hostile situation, but they lived in the same town. We had a crazy, uh, like joint custody schedule. Oh shit. We were like back and forth every day. Wow. Like Monday, Wednesday, Friday at my mom's, Tuesday, Thursday at my dad. It was yeah. Divorce takes of, so long. Huh? The divor- divorce? It the process takes incredibly long. Yeah. And I don't know if it has anything to do with the length of time people were together or the financial Yeah, like ownership. how complicated are the assets to divide? Yeah. I don't know. I remember, but they just kept they just kept going back for fighting oh, yeah. about more stuff. Kept yeah. finding more stuff to. Was there ever a situation where they were like, "All right, well, I want these kids," and the other one's like, "I want these kids." <laughs> was there like a? They, they, I think they both like parenting for them. This is my, you know, I just want to say to like anyone listening, and <laughs> you're only hearing my side, right? And I that is inherently unfair to them, but. Um, it felt like a power struggle for them. Like mm. each of them wanted full custody. Like they wanted to be yeah. in charge and just wanted like their kids in their house all the time. Yeah. And it felt just about like a really didn't, they really had a hard time like sharing. Oh um, yeah. Doing it, like raising us together. It really felt like they raised us into, they each raised us individually. Holy shit. Um, it was kind of, it was weird, weird time. I don't know. Did you have, were you in like a two parent household for, all those moves yes or did it did it feel like that well this is the thing it didn't feel like it because and i realized this at a young age too like so him not being my biological father i would feel him uh going about me differently than my sisters Mm. i was like all right well something's not right yeah (laughs) you got this like uh six five dude in the navy he's like mm. really fit and you got this like you know this ball of fat <laughs> like, who's not athletic mm-hmm. um you we're talking about you yeah yeah <laughs> okay. it was like <laughs> i was just like all i wanted was like to watch i don't fuck cat dog and like yeah eat junk food in the bed mm-hmm. didn't care then uh i started seeing that then i started like uh kind of like being like a lone survivor mm. just like living on the fringe yeah did, did you feel alone in your home um or no like it sounds like maybe you were close with your sisters yeah. so maybe not with them with them it was perfect because with my stepdad and my mom they were like getting into it like they were like really physical with each other and stuff so like my comfort zone was like my sister's yeah. Do you mean like like violence yeah. or like romance? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what's funny? I don't. Maybe I remember hearing romance like a handful of times. Maybe. Yeah. Like, are they kissing or punching? Okay. Yeah. It sounds like. The but water. like it. It was kind of crazy, and I was like, "All right, well." Damn. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I couldn't believe. Every time I think about it now, I'm thinking like, if. I didn't have the mindset that I have. I could have been, that could have been my role model. Yeah. Like you could have <laughs> just do, like replicated that. Yeah. I was like, yo, like this is, that was a crazy time. But then like once me and my sisters got older, like uh, then the divorce 
was so basically he had went out to sea mm. for for like some months and my mom she sat us aside she was like look i'm about to leave <laughs> uh do y'all want us like y'all can come with me or you could just we could just stay here <laughs> wow. and we were all just like like i looked at my sister i was like well, y'all don't say anything. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> you can't cook. How how old were you? Uh, I was probably like, I'd say around like 10. Wow. Yeah, I'd say around like 10. And then once he got to like, uh, yeah, it's from 10. Yeah, it was a long time. I was just like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, let's yeah. go. So where'd you go? Uh, so she, so my mom, she, when she was with him, she didn't have a job. Mm. She was just, he makes the money sure. and I'll take care of everything else. So uh, he had inevitably ended up cheating on her. I remember like he would take us over to this woman's house and be like, hey, y'all want to go over to Miss Jennifer's house? And she uh. had like. Going <laughs> <laughs> to go to my mistress's house with me? <laughs> yeah. If you could just hang out in the living room. Yeah, she's got a kid. It's cool, mm. right? <laughs> Play date. Yeah. Play date at the mistress. Wow. She had a nice house, too. She just got a big-ass <laughs> backyard. It was. We had no idea what was happening. It was just like, oh my God. here's the ice cream. Now turn your back. Yeah. <laughs> like, Whoa. Yeah, it was It was interesting. And then when my mom found out, because like she would ask you, like, hey, how was your day? What'd you do? Like, oh, we went to Miss Jennifer's house. She's like, Miss Jennifer's house? And like we would go there so much. We knew how to like get there. Yeah. <laughs> like, so my mom, she like drove us and her friend, her best friend, and like they drove there and they parked in the parking lot of this apartment complex. They got out of the car and then they went to the person's apartment. I don't know what happened. Oh. <laughs> but uh confrontation. Yeah, they were talking my mom and her friend were talking a lot. And I was like, all right, this is and then she filed a divorce, then she took us, but like she she would work in the commissary on base, basically like Sea Town of yeah. military housing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except you can find what you want. Key food at the military. Yeah. <laughs> no one's sleeping in front of here. Uh, we would go. She was uh, working in the seafood department, which was fucking lit. Like she would always bring back like crab legs and shrimp mm. and shit. And then uh, she got enough money. She got a car. It's like a two door blue Pontiac Sunbird, and. It was a stick shift. Whoa. So. <laughs> so do you know how to drive stick? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I Certainly knew, not. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. I knew that if she didn't fully keep like know how to do it, I was never going to learn how to do it. I was okay. like, no. Like. Yeah. We would get to an intersection of like a big intersection and then it like stalls out in the middle. And I'm just like. What do we do? <laughs> Yo, is the car broken? Like what is happening? And she's like cranking the thing yeah um so then she saved up enough money and then she uh got the card then she got another job working for this company but uh, it does credit and stuff like that and then um she got another car so i'm watching her like get shit from like not having anything yeah and then like she gets a townhouse then she gets another car and then like i'm thinking like oh shit like we're doing our thing so like you know i had mom like when it came to like child support, we didn't see her with it. Yeah. Like appearance wise, you know what I mean? Sure. We're like, we never didn't, we never needed anything. Yeah. But like just being young and then seeing this person like work hard and get shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh shit. Like 
I can't complain about shit. Yeah. <laughs> She's a black woman in America in the South. Like, damn. But yeah, so she did that. And uh, I felt like just being around my sisters and my mom, it made me make them like laugh and like just mm. try to like figure out how to quell the it was a defense mechanism. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Coping thing. Yeah. If I could get them to laugh, then it's it was okay. Like, Things are okay. Yeah. And it was bit. like, tears like the youngest it's probably like the easiest to make laugh mm-hmm. and in the middle it was good making her laugh so i'm like okay now i'm saying some shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna mom. do well with the you know <laughs> ages 11 to 14 <laughs> yeah. you know my mom she's the toughest she's the hardest to make laugh she can make me laugh instantly but like she is the toughest person to make laugh for for me does she does she enjoy comedy or like it, I don't know like is she is she funny does yeah. she laugh a lot in general or is it just she laughs a lot when things are happening to like like I remember one time now she born and raised in the south she had me when she was like twenty nineteen twenty and I remember I was probably like what seventeen or something like that. Yeah, I took her to Outback Steakhouse. I was mm-hmm. like, I got money. I can take my mom I out on a date. Money now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, these Wendy's paychecks, man. Mm-hmm. Get that two thirty every two weeks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we can afford some Outback. Hell yeah! You want a blooming onion? Damn. Get it. It's on me. <laughs> I remember we were there, and um, you know, this is like a long time ago, and she's from the south, so just. Sure. Right. she's you know she's still a young person I, I mean she's only my mom looks great like i love her to death she's five four funny as hell but we're sitting at the table and the server comes up and he drops off the pumpernickel which is staple gotta get the warm pumpernickel mm. perfect you could it feels like when you look at warm pumpernickel that outback has it looks like if you don't hurry up and eat it gravity will like squish it <laughs> I've never been to Outback. I gotta go. Yeah, it's, I think uh, they have them in Long Island, I believe. That makes sense. I think so. But, um, so the dude comes over, he brings the uh, pumpernickel and then he says to him, he's like, can I get y'all something to drink? And at that point, like, I could tell he was like, you know, more a feminine guy. He was Mm -hmm. either a feminine guy or he was probably gay. And he just had a chill, good vibe about him and stuff, right? And you could just, how he carried himself, mm-hmm. you would only assume. So my mom, he, uh, we get our drinks, and then he walks away, and my mom leans over the table, and she's like, "I think he's a tambourine player." <laughs> I was like, "What are you? What?" She's like, "You know," and like starts motioning her hand like a tambourine. She's like, "I think he's a tambourine player." I was like, "I've never heard that expression." <laughs> I've never. Did you know what that? You didn't know what that meant. I, when she did this, okay. I was like, okay, I've never heard that expression. Mm-hmm. And also like that, those two, the incongruity yeah. is amazing. <laughs> like, but she would say these things. Like she, I remember she'd go on dates um, and she'd just be like, she'd go on a date and then she'd be like, all right, I'll come back later, whatever, whatever. So she'd come back and then I'd ask her how the date was. And then she'd be like, boy, he was darker than a hundred midnights. I was like, what? Does she have like a lot of phrases like that? She, yeah. Yeah, she had a bunch of, I mean, I remember she, 
and I know where she gets them from too. Oh, her mom, okay. my grandma, is just a phrase machine. Just a phrase, and a she'll scare you. Uh oh, <laughs> she'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> like, I remember my youngest sister. She uh, she always had a blanket. And uh, she would always suck her thumb. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they was like, don't suck your thumb, you'll get buck teeth. Mm-hmm. You know? So she would do it so much. My grandma, I was like, she told her to come to the room. And I was like in earshot. And she was like, oh, you no. better stop sucking your thumb before it falls off and the <gasps> pigeons come and eat it. Oh. And I was oh. like, what? Whoa. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, there's no pigeons in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> What is a pigeon? <laughs> We've never seen one. I was like, wow, that was very, the imagery on that one was crazy. Like, what? Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's, it's cool when people have very like colorful phrases where like, I'm like, this could literally mean anything, oh, yes. but wow, fun to hear. It just, Definitely fun to hear. They would always have these things. It was insane. And then, uh, I remember when I turned, uh, I was kind of bad in school okay <laughs> was like, bad like uh like troublemaker or like not getting good grades or like uh like mischievous mm. sneaky okay like, prankster yeah like i just anything that involved having fun with my friends i was like all right cool fuck it yeah i'm down i don't mm-hmm. want to be a bitch like hey, <laughs> i'll do it we used to have these like food fights and um at first it was like all right, this food fight, we're throwing regular food. <laughs> like, this is probably like sixth grade. And uh, it got to a point where people were throwing like peach cups. Oh, wow. <laughs> like they give you, it was like nacho day. Oh, boy. And they'll have like the plastic ramekin of like nachos. Mm-hmm. I remember I had threw one of those, the nacho cheese at somebody. But it was so, like the skin on top of it was so dry. <laughs> Oh, I threw it at the dude. He had a white t-shirt on. Oh my God, did it like crack? Like, it, just, <laughs> <laughs> it like hit his shirt and like fell off. I was like, wow. what the fuck? Then it just got, I mean, it got to the point. I was like, like if it was like Pizza Hut pizza day, mm-hmm. people would like slap your tray as you get your pizza. And then you have to like pay for oh another God. lunch. <laughs> if you left your tray at the Were table. Were you a tray slapper? Nah, because I like food. Okay. <laughs> I was a f- I had like lunch and then also two iced honey buns every day. Mm. Per 360 calories per. Beautiful. It was yum, just yum, yum. <laughs> the best life I was living. But uh, I mean, I used to, people were like, I remember one guy had a condom that he had used the night before. <laughs> oh my God. He's like, he's like, yo, come here. I was like, oh, dude, no. what's up? Like, come on, you got something in your pocket. You're sneaky but I'm faster than you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to throw this at blah, blah, blah. Reaches in his pocket, use condom oh with God. stuff in it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that fucked up. So <laughs> gross. That is so <laughs> gross. And I'm like, who are you going to throw that? He's like, I'm going to throw it at blah, blah, blah at lunch. And I was like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I found blah, the dude who's now my best friend. Oh uh, my God. I was like, yo, he has a condom <gasps> with cum in it. Oh. And he's going to throw it at you. <laughs> wow. So we avoided the dude like the whole wow. day. Crisis like, averted. Yeah. Like, wow. I got to the point. I was like, all right, well, I got to have ammunition. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom loves salads. She has a bunch of salad dressings. I'll just take a little bit of each one, like eight, and just put it in a little bag, mm-hmm. take it to school, 
Like I'm talking about French dressing. Okay. The, the robust Italian. Robust Italian. <laughs> peppercorn ranch. Okay. Uh, all of them. Just, just in like, one bag. Just in one bag. Just shaking it up. Delish. Okay. <laughs> and I brought her to school. And I was I think that stopped it. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think when people saw what I had, they were like, yeah. I think we're done. I think we're done. We're going to find something, another way to pass the time. We used to be so bad. This kid, he like, uh, he like kept hitting an apple on the the table mm -hmm. and like he but he was hitting it all the way around so that the skin of the apple wouldn't break but the complete inside was like applesauce oh <laughs> god so lunch that's loud. so fucked up like <laughs> that's like oh oh wow oh wow what is what a specific kind of abuser <laughs> Oh god. Uh, it was so fucked up. He he did that the whole lunch. And when lunch let out, he was like, yo, I'm gonna throw this at somebody. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna be behind this guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause I have on this Fubu jersey and that shit cannot be ruined. I mean We cannot be getting applesauce. Like, we can't be getting abused apple on this jersey. Food for us, by us. You can't tarnish something like that. It was made for us. You don't tarnish that. Mm -mm. It's crazy. Can't Unless, do that. Yeah, it's like, not okay. Yeah. And um, so we're all like walking. And there's like a bunch of people. Like, I mean, that high school too was kind of segregated a little bit. Uh, now that I got older, I was like, dude, they put all the black people in like one group. Where Where were you living? Uh, this is Virginia. This okay. is Virginia Beach. Okay. And um, it was weird because like they had like each group had its own animal what yeah like wait what <laughs> like if like they they took like say you got like 20 kids all right these are the lions you got another 20 kids all right these are the rabbits mm -hmm. we were like the orcas oh. <laughs> <laughs> these kids are the orcas <laughs> all right so and it was crazy because like they had like a it was a lot of us but we were just in this group and um so we're walking and the kid like winds up and he throws it but it was like the most perfect throw I've ever seen in my life because he throws it and then like just a space opens up and it hits the back of the assistant principal. And I'm like, that's like, a movie. <laughs> that's a Disney channel original movie. I've never, like I watch a lot of shit on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of different weird, crazy shit. I've never seen an apple just explode on impact. <laughs> <laughs> You really saw history. Oh my God. It was wow. perfect. Like the stars aligned perfectly for this apple to just bust all over this guy's back. It oh was God. Perfect. It was so good. We had so many, so many fucked up times getting like kicked out of the classroom. Like, yeah. Con like one by one, just watch your friend come outside of the hallway and stand with you for the rest of the class. Yeah. Was, was the school, did it seem like it was like systematically segregated or social like socially it fell that way or it felt like someone's doing this yeah it felt like like because i know they wanted to divide the classes so it was like sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade okay then they had like each one of those grades had their own like hallway mm -hmm. but then if you wanted to like fuck around because no one cares and is around you go to the sixth grade one okay because you can like you could have the Olympics in the hallway and no yeah. one cares. Yeah. <laughs> but then in the April hallway, you got all the authority. So it was like, all right, let's go somewhere else. But uh, we were just, 
I guess, it, I don't know, maybe it just happened to be coincidence, but like we were in there, like we were like, I remember I was in the back of a class and I found out where the teacher kept the final exams for each chapter. Oh my God. I was making Gold a mine. killing. Like Damn. me and my friend Matt, uh, <laughs> first it was just me and him. I was like, all right, cool. I found these. You take one, I take one. We'll do them and then uh, we'll switch and whichever ones we didn't get right with each other, we'll write them and then we'll exchange a paper when she hands us the test so we were doing it like we were killing Scheming. that shit yeah <laughs> like, it's crazy then people found out we were doing it Mm-mm. so then one day the entire class just fucked up like they we all it was like all of us did the same thing like we we all got the same thing wrong it was clear so then she like locks the door <laughs> she's like she's like she didn't even do the class she was like we're gonna sit here until people confess to cheating on this test. Did you? I did. Oh, fuck no. I'm the, I'm like the OG. If anyone snitches, hey. I mean, I'm not going to do anything, but it's like, you want to rat out the OG. It's fucked up. Yeah. But like just watching people like, she took people out of the classroom one by one. And I'm just sitting there like, dude, we can't get in trouble. We're like the cocaine cowboys of like history class. Mm. <laughs> Sick. I feel I feel embarrassed sometimes. I I don't think I I don't think I don't recall ever. I don't recall a scenario where I did snitch, but I think I like I as a kid I kind of identified as a snitch. I was like, well, if someone does something <laughs> fucked up, like yeah, I'm gonna say something because like I don't want to get in trouble. Like yeah. I was so afraid of authority that I was like, yes, they did it. Like <laughs> immediately pointing. Like I like yeah, I'll, I'll sell out my parents right now. Like I don't care. And it like took me I don't know it took me until like adulthood to be like um actually I have a, a subscribed to a different <laughs> a different ideology. <laughs> I actually don't, I'm not into that. Yeah, But that's cool as a kid to be like, "Mm -mm, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, like you, yeah. And also it was cool to not snitch. Like, I think, so I went to a, so I went to two, so when I was going to two middle schools, that's when I saw a difference in like, because I was in, I was going to middle school where the military kids go to Mm. first. Okay. So, not a lot of black kids, um, mostly white, uh, beach kids, um, military kids and stuff like that. You know, you got, you'll have like a couple Asian kids, uh, didn't really see a bunch of like Indian kids, any brown kids or anything like that. But um, everything was fine. It was fun in a way of like, all right, this is, a, I'll get through this middle mm-hmm. school shit. It's a breeze, man. Then I went to like, the other one <laughs> just for the rego kids yeah, with the regular like just most of the kids that went there live in like the hood like the hood of like a beach touristy area and then like i'm talking about, i've seen one kid like he was um what do you do we were in uh pe and <laughs> we're paying like 500 it's game 500 you bunch of people stand on one side one person throws a ball calls out a number if you catch a 500 ball, you become the thrower. Easy game. And uh, one kid, the kid throws it. He's like the big, he's too old for the, you could tell he failed a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he's dude, like, come on, really, you're not fooling us. Um, he throws the ball and then one of the kids doesn't catch it. Mm. And he goes like, like 30 yards 
up to the kid and he's like pissed that he didn't catch it. And then he punches him in the face. And I was like, I am not playing anymore. <laughs> like, this is the game. Mm-mm. Dude, what? Do we- no, the stakes got higher. I'm out. <laughs> like, and it was crazy too because the kid, like, he took the, he got punched and then, like, he starts crying, which, you know, most kids would do from an adult man, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, we're like walking him back to the school. And like, he's like, no, he, I know, he, he broke my jaw. He broke it. I'm just like, I've never seen a broken jaw, but you're talking right now. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's broken, but damn, he did hit you kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you leave Virginia? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, What'd you do after high school? Oh, man, it was fucked up. I didn't know what the fuck to do because I got kicked out of high school my senior year in May. Oh, my God. So yeah. close. <laughs> so close to the finish line. It was fucked up. I was like, I was so disappointed in myself mm. through my mom because when she found out, yeah, she didn't talk to me for like an entire month and I lived at her house. Like Ooh, when she really wanted to talk rough. to me, she would talk to my grandma. My grandma would talk to me. Oh God. I was like, dude, I really fucked up. Like just trying to like, you know, sell drugs and shit. And we had this whole like operation. <laughs> then the new guy messed it up. Mm. Classic, classic first, the second act probably. Oh, I can't trust them. Mm. And then, um, yeah, so I thought it was over. They were like, you know, I go to the office and they're like, all right, well, you're expelled. There's no paperwork. He just says you're expelled. And then you just get on the, get out, get on the bus, go home and you just sit there like, damn, I, I literally got kicked out of school. Dang. (laughs) And then, uh, so this is May. I had to go in front of the school board, which I was thinking was going to be like some Game of Thrones round table Mm -hmm. of like these people who I don't even know why they would want to have this job. And it was just one guy in like this room full of like chairs that are like stacked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, why should I let you in here? And I was like, well, you know, I got I to finish and whatever. So he's like, this one I'm doing, I'm going to let you go to alternative school. And I was like, okay, cool. At the time it was called CDC. I still don't know what it stands for. <laughs> like <laughs> when my, one of my close friends, she, she uh, saw that I was going there. And she was like, you're going to CDC? I was like, yeah. She was like, you know what it stands for, right? I was like, what? She was like, come dumb children. (laughs) (laughs) Great. The the elite, the the cream of the crop, if you will. It was was an experience because I got to see like, like you. you, So you were there for like a month? Yeah. I was there to finish out. So I go there and create like you get on your school bus that you would normally go on. They take you to the school, but you got to stay outside to get delivered to another location. Oh. <laughs> now it's called Renaissance Academy, which is like, all right. Hmm, sounds intriguing. There's no scholars in here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I go find the They're next. They're not inventing things. T.S. Eliot is not here. <laughs> so I go there and it's one of the schools where like, when you go there, you have to wear like a particular uniform. Okay. It was like a, you know, white button up tucked in with a belt, black slacks, okay. black shoes, white socks. Mm-hmm. You go in, they have the dogs in there. They have like. They secure- have the dogs <laughs> in there? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Like we will do a random check if we if we need to. There's like 
There's like police German shepherds. Yep. Yep. There's Nazi dogs. Yep. There's Nazi dogs. There's uh, metal detectors that you got to go through. You, it's like checking in TSA. You got to take your shoes off. You got to roll down your socks. Like it was, oh yeah, no water bottles. Oh yeah, nothing. (laughs) Like they were like four ounces or less. Wow. So you go through that, and that was like the first tier. The second tier was like a blue polo with khakis, and you were allowed to like not have your shirt tucked in. Okay. And you could wear uh, whatever shoes you want. Mm. And then the top tier was you wear regular clothes, and you didn't see much people with that. It was like the good behavior people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, my first day there, there was this other kid. I knew he was bad. He was a bad kid. He uh, he was sitting in front of me and he was like, he was like, yo, come here, look at this. And like, he's like unzipping his pants. I was like, come on, man. What is he Dude, like? No, 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 no. Not today. He reaches in and he pulls out like an ounce of weed. I was That's like, a lot. <laughs> That's a lot to just be whipping out at CDC. I was like, yo. How are you going to get in here with that? He was like, nah, man, it's cool. I got this. This is a Ziploc bag and his pants and shit. And he gets in there. I was like, damn, he he went in there unscathed. It was crazy. But the, it was still the same day. There was this guy. I was walking in the hallway because I went to the bathroom, got the hall pass, everything. And um, I guess one of the assistant principals or something, he sees me in the hallway. And it's my first day. He sees me. He's like, come here. And I was like, oh, boy, what the fuck? Okay. He was like, no, come in my office. And I was like, all right. Always a good sign. <laughs> Always a good sign. He takes me in there. He's like, hey, sit down. And I'm sitting down. And he's like, so you just feel like you could talk to blah, whatever the teacher's name, any kind of way you want. Right. Like they, they just, you could just do whatever you want in this class. You got to show respect for people. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, this is my first day. He was like, what's your name? And I told him my name. He was like, he's like, oh, you're not blah, say blah. I was like, no. Nah. He was like, oh, okay, you go back to class. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, That's dude, some cool profiling. What? Love yeah. to see that. I knew I shouldn't have been there because like I had this, also it was fucked up because I was going for my advanced diploma mm. where like you, in order to graduate, I think it was like 20 or 22 credits I think it was like 20 credits and I had 24 because I took extra classes. I had chemistry, all that shit. But at CDC, they don't have fucking chemistry. Mm. Although they should because they're already fucking making drugs anyway. school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't get my advanced diploma through high school. I was like, oh, fuck. I, I wanted that. That's yeah. the only thing I wanted. And then one of the teachers there, he was like the science teacher. He was like, hey, man, um, yeah, you don't seem like you belong here. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm glad he knows that. Cause Thank like, you so much. <laughs> like, like those kids were bad. Like, like ten question quizzes. All you got to do is really put your name on it, and they were like crumbling them up as soon as the teacher gives it to them, like throwing it across the room. I was like, that sounds like a hard place. That yeah. sounds like a lot of, yeah. That sounds like kids who probably need a lot of love and are yeah. not getting it. Yeah, and they they got really adult with this because like um. Because I had to go there for getting kicked out for mm-hmm. selling drugs in school, they made our particular group of people go to this thing called a uh, SAPE. It's the SAPE program where they have you go into. <laughs> that sounds a lot like rape. I really don't like that. So they have like. What does that stand for? Like safe activities, <laughs> performance entertainers. 
Yeah, that's probably what it stands for. They, they, right. These are the creative ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had like these are the artsy cum dumb kids. <laughs> cum dumb kids spelled with a C. Kids spelled with a C. <laughs> so we're in there, and it's like they only have like five students at a time in each of those classrooms, but we're like spread out throughout the entire room. So it was like no contact. No talking. Nothing at all. You got to do your work the whole time. If they see you not working, they'll, I forgot what they did. They'll do something, whatever. But the beginning of each class, they had all of us sit in a circle. And then like, they would ask the questions like, so why do you feel like you're in here? For like the first oh God. hour, we're just sitting there and like we're in a program just like, Hey, so what do you think you can do that'll make you not be in here? Do you feel like you've made your family uh, depressed with mm. what you've decided yeah. to do? And they had the posters on the wall. Hey, quit smoking. This is going to be your liver or lungs and shit. Like, and you had to do that for two weeks before you went with the rest of the people. That's <laughs> like, orientation. Yeah. So, so why do you think you're so <laughs> fucked? Oh, okay. Uh, That's really... It was insane. So, so it sounds like you were there for a short period of time. Oh, yeah. And then what What year was that? What year did you graduate high school? Uh, 2006. Okay. Yeah. So in between, I don't know, can you paint a picture of like from then, from 2006 to 2019 when you moved to New York? Like, oh, yeah. Um, 19, one of my friends, he was like, yo, uh, we were watching a special on Comedy Central this is when you were 19 or in 2000? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I was 19, 2006, uh, my, uh, one of my close friends, I went over his house. We go over there all the time. I, I go over there all the time. And um, we were watching a special on Comedy Central. And it was uh, Dave Chappelle's For What It's Worth. Mm-hmm. And we were just in awe of it. We both hadn't seen it. We were just like, yo, this is fucking funny. Yeah. And my friend looks over at me. He's like, yo, you could do that. And I was like, what? Wow. Like, look at this guy. He's fucking... What? Look at all these people for this guy yeah. who's like saying some real crazy shit. <laughs> so then I started working in hospitality. I wasn't, I didn't even think about that at all. Working in hospitality, uh, went to school for massage therapy. Whoa. Yeah, it was, it was chill. Do you, do you practice that? I do very, very rarely. Okay. Very rarely. Okay. It's just a, it's a very tedious, strenuous thing too. Yeah, like, it's. It's work. It's hard work. Yeah. And I was doing all deep tissue shit, like deep Ooh. tissue, sports massage, like yeah. just, and it's a military town. So it's not like regular people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it dude, 6'4". Really oh God. R- Marines, Navy SEALs. Just like, just like boulders of people. Yeah. So I was doing that. And then I was like, I was working two jobs, working in hospitality and then working for a spa. And I was like, okay, cool. I got a car. I got my apartment. And I was like, but I ain't got shit. Just doing these things that everyone's doing, doing yeah. shit. So I went to a, an open mic. It was like variety mic. It was around the neighborhood. Just something to do. And I saw like all these acts, poetry and like mm-hmm. singing, rapping, and then comedy. Seen this one guy. He had on like a full suit. It was ugly. Okay. It was like, <laughs> it's a brown suit. Oh, he, no. Yeah. He liked James Marsden. Uh, <sighs> okay. It was. A brown suit. That's Yeah. Um, I was like. That's a lot. That's really a lot. This dude. And he's like trying to be funny and he's like bombing and, and like i felt like my soul left my body watching him just like like no laughs just quietness oh God. for just five minutes town. it was insane and i was like well 
maybe I can do this. Maybe. So I went one time and then, um, uh, I choked. Mm. I fucking choked. And I was like, all right, I'll fucking watch it. I'll go home, whatever. Go home. I'm driving past my mom's house and there's this movie theater that, uh, they do comedy in. Hmm. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like there's already a stage. The seats are like auditorium. So that's perfect. Open mic night by my mom's house. No one's going to know because it's away from where I live. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Go in there. And the girl I was dating at the time, she drove, she's driving. She's going to drive me. So I'm in the room and I like pull out this composition book and I'm like trying to write. I don't even know how to write a joke. Yeah. I'm just like writing in a journal. And I was like, all right, all right, cool. Let's, uh, let's go, whatever, whatever. So I brought my iPad so she could record me. So I go up there and I'm just bond like my like i'm dying yeah like i'm just like talking about trying to find places in my mom's house to masturbate and i'm like pacing the stage like pretending (laughs) and i didn't see i couldn't see the people's faces it's dark i couldn't see the dude light me oh no yeah he gets on stage like he starts clapping and clapping on stage and clapping me Mm -hmm. off (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize all the adrenaline was posted up and I didn't realize I was like, all right, well I'm bombing, but there's people behind her recording me holding up an iPad. So they're watching me bomb live and then seeing me in like 4k bomb on this iPad. And I go home and it's like, this is fucked up, whatever, whatever. But then I just like, all right, I gotta have a joke. Gotta have one fucking joke. And then I went to the variety place. Boom. And then that's how, I just started doing it from then, going regularly. Then fast forward, um, I moved here October 2019. And um, I hit up a friend. It was a comedy couple, um, one of which is still here. (laughs) I hit them up separately and together, and I knew them. They put me on shows before, whatever, whatever. So then um, I was like, hey, do you mind if I crash up here just till I find a job? I got a lot of experience in both these things. It'll be quick. So then I get fired. Well, I get fired from my job. Then I move up here. And then, uh, on the fourth day he hits me up and he's like, yo man, we gotta, we gotta leave me and Blase Blah broke up. Mm. And I was like, oh shit, I'm sorry to hear that. When do we gotta leave? And he's like, tomorrow. And I was like, oh my God, I'm stressed. <laughs> I'm like really stressed. <laughs> I was like, yo, like, like tomorrow. He was like, yeah, you mean you can sleep in my car if you want. And I was like, Dude, this October, I'm not sleeping in your car. Oh my God. Is this when you went to the hostel? <laughs> yes. Oh. Two and a half months. Wow. Just sitting there, dwindling out of the money I had mm-hmm. saved up. $30 a day, two and a half months. And I had like $30 left because I was trying to switch my massage license from Virginia to New York. But you can't because the hours I got there is $972. The ones you need here is 1000 Oh God. So... I had to, they were saying that I had to take the exam over again, like go to school in New York and then I'll get the license that I need. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing it again. No. So I was trying to find all these places to like hire me under the table and shit, but they weren't. I was like, damn it. And I don't, I really don't want to work at a hotel. I got the experience, but it's like, you don't get the skills you want. They're going to make me work three to 11 for the rest of my life. You can't do that when you do comedy. So I was like, all right, um, I'll just stay here. I'm going to find a good job, whatever. I'm going to get this. So I had $30 left. And I was like, all right, I can get another night or I can get some groceries or I can fucking get a Metro card. At least I'll be able to travel. And then I'm um, sitting at the bus stop 
And one of the guys, the other guy, not the Israeli guy, but the other guy I met that I'm close with, um, black dude, author, Utah. He saw me at the bus stop just sitting, not like right over here on Myrtle Avenue. And he's like, uh, so you good? And I was just like talking to him about like the situation. It was like dope meeting him and shit. And he was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you $300. You don't have to pay me back. Just pay for the good karma. That's all you got to do. Don't worry about paying me back. Just get what you need to do. Situated. And then that week I found a job working overnights in Chinatown. I was like, uh, working at a Marriott. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is, this is sick. So now I'm getting money, get paid every week. I was like, okay, cool. Then, uh, I saved up enough money to like get a room for rent. Mm-hmm. So this is like what December. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, this is December 2019. Mm-hmm. And then I'm working, working, you know, then I move into the place at the beginning of the year. I was like, okay, cool. I'm in Astoria. Mm-hmm. I got a door. I'm no longer in the kitchen a in a three-tier bunk bed. This yeah. is great. And then March 2020 happened. Fuck. <laughs> and then my job's like, yeah, we got to let everybody go. I was like, you mother. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was, it was that. And then I got laid off and I was like, damn, like, I don't fuck I'm going to do. Like, like every, like it's a pandemic. What yeah. is that? Yeah. <laughs> in New York. Yeah. So I started working at, um, key food, which is now closed. They're going to build a target in the mm. story. So that's going to be nice. All right. Um, I was working. I was the guy that stands outside and counts how many people can come in mm. at one time. Whoa. I remember that. No one gave a fuck. Okay. <laughs> Just right past me. <laughs> Didn't give a fuck. So then um, I'm just working there. I'm like, dude, I'm not making enough money. I got this place. It's fucked up. It's weird. So then, um, and then comedy stopped. Yeah. I was like, dude, like, I don't have nothing. It's, yeah. Like, this oh my is, God. I came here for a reason and then it's done. And then, you know, uh, people did mics every once in a while and did in places and stuff. And then my friend who said that we had to move out, he was like, hey, you want to, um, we should just run a show. Let's just do a show. You moved here for a reason. Let's just do a show. You got mm-hmm. the equipment. So I was like, okay, cool. July 2020. Mm-hmm. We took the equipment to Astoria Park, and then he knew everybody. Okay. Because he had been here, like, way before me. So I started meeting people. We were putting on shows in Astoria Park, and then people would keep coming and coming. Like, we've had our first show. We had Stephen Bowles, SB, Rivenera. Oh, nice. She was on this show. Yeah. We had uh, Jared Waters. Oh, my God. Who was uh, Christiana Jackson. She was, that's when I met her. Hell, yeah. It was... uh, Oh, I, I want to have her. I want to have Jared on the show. Hell yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great people. Yeah. Um, Alex Kahart, we had her on there. It was just dope seeing people. Like, everything was shut down. Yeah. Everyone was outside trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And then we had this thing that, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So then I moved to another place, and it was a three-story. And I was on third story. We had a rooftop. But the people that were living in the building, they were also like creative people. And one of the guys was like a theater manager. Mm-hmm. So he had access to all kinds of equipment. Whoa. So he decked out the entire rooftop. Whoa. Like he had the fake green carpet, yeah. chairs, the lights around the top of the rooftop. Ooh. On the backside, he had a, a grass backdrop. 
with a LED dolphin up there. Oh my god! And that was like the green room of the yeah, rooftop. Yeah. And then we like call people up, and they come from the back. He had a spotlight, like cordless mic. Like we had a, we were in our pockets, right? So like, what we would do, I would get. It was a free show. I was like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna buy a bunch of beer, mm-hmm. a bunch of truly, um, <laughs> and then look, if you come to the show, it's free. And we got free drinks. That was a big selling point. Mm-hmm. Free show, free drinks. Who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. So then uh, we were doing it bi-weekly on the rooftop. We had people like on their roofs looking and like, hey, how can we come to the show next time? And we put it on Reddit. We put it on Hinge. Like, Whoa. It, it was, and people were hitting me up on Reddit. I had never used Reddit before. I didn't have an account. And people were like, yo, like, what's the address? I'm downstairs. I got some, some drinks and stuff I could bring, whatever. So then, uh, I mean, we had ever like Andrea Allen, Andre D. Thompson, Eagle Wood, um, mm-hmm. Mallory Bryant, like all these people that I thought I was not going to get to like know and meet. I we're all friends. Wow! Like it was just an amazing moment. Yeah. Where like yeah, like if anyone wants to use the bathroom, go in my apartment. We got two black cats. Mm-hmm. Like boom, just do that. We got free drinks. Whatever y'all need, we got you. Right. And that's then, very um, hospitable. Yeah. It's like, I always look at it like, if I wanted to come to a show, what kind of show would I want to come yeah. to? Yeah. I want good comics and I want to get my money's worth. Yeah. And, and like, nothing makes your money more worth it than not paying money and getting shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's fucking great. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, what are you, what's your relationship to comedy like these days? It's a, uh, that's a good question. I've we've been having an up and down relationship. Okay. Uh, the more I do comedy, the more I feel like I don't know comedy. Mm. Like the inner workings, like the art or the industry, both. Um, definitely the industry. As far as the art, it's like like I learned something last night. Like I fucking bombed my dick off. Like, like yeah, people laugh, but like. It didn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't feel right. But yeah, where um, were you last night? I was at uh, Eastville, um, 6 Why o'clock show. It's such a hard room. But there were people. Hmm. And I was like, okay. I went up first and I was like, all right. I didn't feel like I had a good time. It wasn't anything to do with them. Hmm. It was definitely me. And I watched everybody else that went up after. And I was like, oh, I made a wrong decision. What happened? It was like, I have stuff like jokes I want to talk about, bits and stuff. But like relating to an audience, not in the sense of like, oh, here's a thing that I know that you know something about. Like it was like, I would see other people on stage and then it was like people identified with that person, with the person of that person. Like you could point, you could see someone on stage and be like, oh, like that's like my friend Blase Blah. Or like, you know, you just like connect with them. And I didn't connect. And also it didn't relate. So yeah. that was a bad combination. Okay. So I was like, I got off stage and I was thinking, like, damn, like, like, do I have to do go about this a certain way? Or can I still be personal but still be relatable 
But then again, you can be relatable by with your personal shit because you don't know what people relate to. Yeah. And I feel like people relate to just being 100% authentic mm -hmm. and like being like honest with, like I listened back to it and the funniest part was when I wasn't doing any of my shit. Yeah. And I was just like talking to people. Yeah. It was like, damn. And that shit was, that shit lasts like 30, maybe 45 seconds. Yeah. Out of that whole time. And I was like, all right, I know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Where, like, where are you in what kind of, what parts of like comedy performance or writing are you do you feel like you're focused on right now um well so i do so i really like to try to focus on like stories it took me a while to get mm -hmm. like decent like to realize that my style is more centered around like stories and stuff because like my first two years in comedy were awful like i would always i would wake up at 10 and free write for 10 minutes Every day at 10, I would go to the library for hours and try to write jokes and they would all bomb. And then like, I was dating a comic at a time, my first two years, and they never wrote. But as soon as they got on stage, the funniest person in the world immediately. Damn. And I was like, damn, like, how the fuck do you do that? And she was like, I don't know, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I don't know how to fucking write a joke. I just go i wish i could write a joke and i'm like dude i wish i could just fucking do that <laughs> like jesus christ but then um actually thinking about like all right well before i started doing comedy how was i funny to my friends yeah that's a great that's a great question yeah like it's it you really gotta examine yourself and stuff and i was like anytime i went and did something without them and i came back and recounted what happened they would be dying laughing. Yeah. Cause out of the the idiocracy of my decisions, the 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 places that I would yeah. end up. And then like I was like, oh shit, like I'm not a jokey joke person. When I'm telling something, like a story, like that's when it starts to get engaged. And then like when I would like be out in the streets or whatever and talking to people and I start telling a story, you could like see people like get drawn in. Mm. And I was like, oh, I can play with that. Yeah. So that clicked. That's <laughs> yeah. great. That's very powerful. Yeah. It takes a little. Sometimes it like sometimes people want just quick shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's stories are. Storytelling is probably a great. It can certainly be like a great vehicle for like joke, joke, joke. Because mm -hmm. um, like you kind of know you have a structure, you have a you have substance, like, you know what what it's about. Um, but. There's sort of like a puzzle, like okay, well, how do I make this? How do I make every line of the story funny? Yeah, that's um, a that's a very tough one because like, you know, I've learned how to like, all right, well, if I got a funny story, just suck it up, tell it without being funny in front of people. You're gonna have to do it if yeah. you meet a random person and the conversation sways to that story you got. Just say it, but don't try to be funny. Just tell them this thing happened. Then you go back and you listen like, oh shit, like, so people, this got a reaction. This got a reaction. Mm -hmm. Okay, now now I have a topic that gets a reaction. Now I can write jokes on the topic, then put it back in the story, mm -hmm. and then just keep going from there. Yeah. It was, it was, it took a while because I think I didn't, my first story I ever told, told was like 15 minute, not, well, 
Yeah, it was about 15, 20 minutes. But it was all over the place. It was fucked up. It's hard to... I I imagine and I think like in reflecting, telling like storytelling without personally, like as an it pretty, I don't know, kind of an, an, an inexperienced storyteller, mm-hmm. you can get really easily, like really quickly bogged down in giving way too much setup, way too many like yeah. ancillary details and like really confusing yeah. the audience. Um, and so figuring out how to like keep yourself focused and the story focused and like oh, yeah. trim the fat, but not too much fat because you want it to sound conversational. Yeah, and natural. You, want, you want it to have some kind of style, some kind of flavor. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a very difficult craft. It's it's definitely I mean, I remember I would like tinker and then I would tinker to the point where it's like, all right, this is too manufactured. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people can tell that like I'm not. So it was like, all right, just keep telling it, keep telling it. If you go to a party and your friend introduces you, like, hey, yo, this blah, 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 tell that story. And then, like, you keep going with that friend to the same party. The story gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. So that way you kind of get tired of telling people. So you innately make it shorter. Mm-hmm. So, like, there would be instances where, like. And it's like, okay, like, what is essential? There you go. There you go. Just get to, here's the meat and potatoes. And I'm going to give you some meat. But I'm also explain why you got mashed potatoes and gravy on your plate, too. Yeah. Yeah. Putting it all together. Do you have a favorite kind of comedy to watch or like favorite artists or like like what makes you laugh? It's actually very hard to make. Well, I don't, do you feel like this? Like when you go to a comedy show, are you like an active laugher? of comedy shows it's it's um inconsistently mm-hmm. um i like if if i'm in the mood like i, I want to watch a show i want to laugh yeah. like then yeah um but i can also very much like kind of watch with a very serious face and just kind of be like oh, i am just appreciating this and like <laughs> and yeah. i don't and I, I kind of feel like a dick when i'm doing that you know yeah, i'm like no, i i want to be here as an like the, this performer deserves like an audience member yeah um, yeah i don't want to feel like too good for this or like oh, i'm a comic like yeah try to make me laugh like <laughs> yeah. no i'm a, just a person you know yeah. i i like laughing yeah, you're taking um, it in and it's just like but you know. certainly sometimes i find my, I like I'm like wow I have I laughed once in the last <laughs> half an hour like what is like my energy is just not matching oh, yeah. like yeah. I'm not in audience member energy mode yeah I'll think about my face if I'm not laughing I'm like I hope my face doesn't look like I know right like I, I'll, I often sit with my arms crossed I'm just comfortable that way and I'm like this is not a fun no one wants to look out into an audience and see someone with their arms crossed. That's like, who is this cunt and why is she not? That's <laughs> like, so true. I mean, like, you just you like, and also these are your, like your peers and your friends. And it's like, even I'll like, I'll, all right. So like, say if someone's on stage and then like, they make eye contact with you and you know, both of y'all are comics, but you're, I'm not giving you anything. I feel bad when that moment happens. Cause I'm like, Oh shit. Like, no, like, you're not not making me laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I know your joke. I that's oh, please look at someone else. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, the, I I would say I like uh I've been watching a lot of the live portions of cuz you know we start you start watching like specials and all that stuff, but like now I like try to go back in time and like look at instances where like 
Like Richard Pryor has a special Richard Pryor live and smoking. Oh my God. Everyone needs to watch Everyone that. Everyone does. Yeah. Everyone perfect. needs to watch it. Perfect. It's perfect. It's like one of the, I, I only have like. I'm like, the audience doesn't get it. I love do, this. Oh they do God, not get it. And it's, inc- it's incredible to watch that happen. Yeah. He's just chilling. Yeah. Like <laughs> to see where he went from to get to 1978. Yeah. And he's talking about the things that he's talking about. It's like, dude, you're still a black dude in 1978. Mm. You're talking about giving a dude a blowjob. Like, black people don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, now, yeah, sure. of course, but like, what? Back still, then? yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that and um, another one of my favorites, who I think everyone should watch, is Tracy Morgan's um, uh, Laugh, Love, and Lust. Okay. It's a super old, I think it might have been in like the early 2000s or something like that, but it's perfect. I mean, the act outs, the imagery, the, I mean, the accents that he has, the relatability, because like he'll tag a joke with like, like how he explains like masturbating in that special. He's like, you get a black, dirty black dress, like you come on your stomach you get a dirty black dress sock that still got cat hair on it from your cat Snowball who was shedding that week. Mm. Like he just goes deep, 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 deep. And it comes out. Then he goes deep, 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 deep. It's like, yo. And he's like, you start standing by the window, smoking a Marlboro, like thinking about life and shit. It's like, yo, he's really like, like he philosophical. Does that. <laughs> like, like, yeah. 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 Are there are there topics that you are that you want to talk about? It, when you like in your comedy that I don't know maybe that that you are like approaching or you're scared to to talk about yeah um recently I wanted to talk more I've always wanted to talk about domestic violence through my perspective but I never quite I never found a way to do it I'm learning now But I never had a way to like do. I didn't want to be like one of those guys that go up. Yeah. So domestic violence, right? (laughs) That's chill. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's like, how can I be funny but insightful? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like I realized I I went upstate with a couple of comics, with a few comics um, to do some shows. And when I would bring up the phrase domestic violence, I would see people. I would feel the energy just like get sucked back. And then it's just quiet. And they're just like. Like there's a bunch of women there mm-hmm. and then like there's guys there, but they're not going to laugh if the women aren't laughing. Yeah. So it's like, that's why I always watch women in the audience. Cause like usually if, if it's a couple, if it's okay with a woman, the guy's going to laugh. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. I made a good decision. Taking my girl out yeah. and she's having fun. Nice. <laughs> but like if they're not laughing and the boyfriend's there, yeah. he's probably not going to laugh. He but- might smile at you. But he's but, not going to Yeah, he's, it's sort of censored. Yeah. So are you, do you feel like you have begun to figure it out? Yeah. Like, uh, I realized that instead of saying domestic violence, what I did was start saying I had a mean stepdad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if you haven't had one, you've seen them. Mm-hmm. You know what they look like. You know who they are. And then start making that funny. And then also talking about pairing it with religion. So now we're talking about domestic violence and religion together, but 
I promise you it's going to end well. Because <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and then I've, I've just been working that and like I could feel people, the tension, the tension gets thick. Yeah. Super thick. I did it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I tried it out in New York for the first time. And then um, there was a bunch of women in the audience and I could feel them pulling back. And I just doubled down on them pulling back. And then I went even further and then I brought them out of the sewer and I was like, oh shit, they had no idea this was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, just from tweaking domestic violence, mm-hmm. mean stepdad. Yeah. Makes it palatable at first. And then like, you just, you just got to get them on the ride. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of opens the gate. Yeah. To like, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some problematic stuff, you guys. Yeah. It's like, well, you say, you say it so gently. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, because like some people, I mean, it was like a big part of my life. So like, it's not like I'm like just trying to make up stuff about it. No, no. Yeah. You're not just being glib for no reason. Yeah. It's like, no, no, this is the true stuff, but it's really hard. Hell yeah. It's hard stuff. Where do you, where's your comedy at? I still, I'm like maybe three-ish, a little, probably like into my fourth year, but Uh three-ish, three-ish years in. And... I I so I so want to be um like a a crafty joke writer uh-huh. and I'm like that's just not me like I which is not to say like I'm not still like working yeah. on it and yeah. trying to um improve um I gravitate towards really dark things and that's good I yeah a few people a few friends have recently and they did, they were described. They're like, yeah, your comedy is very like in your face. And I was like, kind of like, hmm, like butthurt about that for a second. And then I was like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. That's Cause good. off like off stage, I'm very, I feel very myself nice. on stage, which is exactly where I want to be. You yeah, know, yeah. I just want to like do, get deeper and deeper into that. Yeah. Just feel more and more myself. Um, but I also feel myself off stage and I'm off stage. I'm a, I'm a pretty calm, gentle yeah. person and that's not really my vibe on stage. And I'm trying to like uh, lean into that. Oh, you're trying to lean into the off stage person on stage? No, or, oh. no. I'm trying to just sort of like, okay, okay, I'm I'm in your face when I'm a performer. Yeah, there All you right, go. let's just, okay, let me just run with that. Yeah, and, and you're memorable happens. too. Like, people, like, it's either the, the vibe of the person or what they're saying, but like, you have both. I've watched, uh, <laughs> I went on YouTube, I was on YouTube my way here and you have this bit about a genocide. I do. <laughs> it's, per- it's super clutch. It's oh, super Thank clutch. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I was like laughing on the trail. I was like, yo. <laughs> oh my god. She used every side. That's funny. That's good. That was that was really good. It's a real, it's a real I feel really good making comics laugh. Some people are like, they don't care at all. They're like, fuck, I don't care if the comics are laughing. Like it's real people that yeah. I'm trying to um but part of me is like, ooh, I want to be like a comedian's comedian sort yeah. of thing. There's like a, I don't know. There's, a, there's nothing better than that. I mean, there's a cool. I think uh, success and respect go a long way with uh, like, like when I say success, I mean like goals and accomplishments mixed with uh, 
mixed with the respect of your peers. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you know, you, you'll be around your peers and, like, you know how this game is. Like, you see everybody getting things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, depending on who you are may affect you in a positive way or a negative way. Yeah. But um, just being able to, like, know that you're doing you're respecting the craft and you're doing a good job with it. Yeah. It's like, you know. I'm trying to get, I really just ferociously want to get better. Um, I just want to get funnier and funnier. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm pretty focused on, not pretty focused, but like emotionally I'm kind of focused on like crowd work. I'm very, I'm kind of afraid of it, but I, I feel like, Danielle, like you're gonna be so good at that. Like I love talking to people. Yeah. Like I love. I'm like, what? That's the, that's the best. I'm. Mm-hmm. I just. Uh, I feel so out of control, <laughs> right? Because it is so. It's like it's a dynamic, oh, unpredictable yeah. interaction, and so you can't plan it. Nope. And um, having like lines planned feels really inauthentic yep. and and weird. And I'm like, I feel like I, that feels like deceiving the audience. Um, so. I just want to get better and I yeah. want to get better at like at ex- having exchanges with a crowd in real time and oh, yeah. that being reliably funny. <laughs> Do you know the comic um, Jessica Curson? Yeah. Yeah. Like I watch her like interact with the crowd and I'm just oh, like, yeah. you're a Jedi. You're oh, a Jedi. Man. I don't, I, I revere her, her She's ability. She's like one of my favorites of all time. Like she, when we were doing the rooftop show, we were doing the last one before it got cold. And I was like, I'm not going to do a show in the cold. Like, they were nice enough to come yeah. to the show. Yeah. I'm not that thirsty. Like, I put on a show that I felt like people were going to have fun with. And I had fun being there, too. Um, for the last show, we had a guy come on the roof and he was making, like, uh, cocktails. He, like, his his own crafted made bottle yeah. cocktails. Cool. And we also had a... um. Getting baked with Lori. Uh, Lori, she's a a baker, and all of her stuff, THC. Mm. And she's ama- She's mm. like phenomenal at baking and cooking anything Dang. with THC. It's it's if you get a chance, getting baked with Lori on Instagram. That shit is she's I'm legit. Adding her momentarily, <laughs> and uh, we had her up there too. So she had her edibles. Mm-hmm. Dude had his cocktails. We also had like free drinks as well, like Trulies and all that stuff. And uh, I hit up Jessica Kirsten, uh like a couple months before. And I was like, "Hey, uh, you're one of my favorite comics. I was wanting to know if like you're in town and I could have you on the show." And like at that point, there was no other comedy happening. You know, like I remember Michael Che did his two thing. He did two separate weeks uh, in like LIC or something. Mm-hmm. And then me and my friend started doing the rooftop show. I was like, yo, like, hell yeah, let people come. So I hit her up and she was like, she was like, yeah. I was like, oh shit, this is fucking, <laughs> this is going to be the best show in all fucking time. And I like checked up with her like it was getting close and i was like hey just checking up just make sure you're still down she was like oh i, I would love to come but i can't because one of my kids are like sick mm-hmm. or whatever i was like no no, no i totally get you i'm so sorry i was like no no no, it's cool it's totally fine but it was like she's so freaking nice yeah yeah, she's yeah, yeah. so funny and i remember I, uh two of my friends from dc had came to visit and they were trying to figure out like what do we do so I saw Jessica Kirsten was going to be doing um, downstairs main room at the stand. So I take them down there eight o'clock and we're the only black people in there. It's packed. 
And Jessica was the first one up there. And then she uh, has a bit where she like turns around. Yeah, yeah. She's it's doing so that. Brilliant. It's so brilliant. so good. I, like, I want to sing like that. For anyone yeah. like listening who has not seen Jessica Kirsten, um perform, she does this thing where like in the moment, if a joke's not going well or if some oh God, energy, so she needs to change the energy, she kind of turns to the side or turns her back to the audience and has like a therapy session with herself. Like she talks to herself like, so Jessica, you're a, great, you're a great person and your mom did love you. Okay, she really <laughs> did try. And it's okay that these people don't like you because they're ugly. And like she'll just kind of say it's so endearing and it's so humanizing. It's so perfect. It's brilliant. When she was doing it, like people kind of like didn't know what was happening but our table like us three we were dying laughing yeah and then um she she's done her set she's walking past the table and i was like we were just saying like oh you were so funny and then like she leans into me like her shoulder is like on me <gasps> and she's like oh my god you guys made my night. I mean, these people. Ugh. I was like, she walked away. I was like, she touched me. She touched me. <laughs> she she has this like this warmth. Oh yeah, like this just deeply human. Like it doesn't feel like persona. Like I'm sure it is. Like, yeah. but it. I don't know. She's one of those performers yeah. where like the authenticity. She's just like dripping in authenticity, oh, yeah. whatever that even means. Um, the more I, I started listening to her the more I got mad at the fact that she <laughs> should just like, like everyone on the planet should know who she is. Yeah. It's in, it's, <laughs> it, it blows my mind yeah. that I feel like she, yeah, it's, it's long overdue, but I feel like she's, I don't know. It seems like she's like selling out shows now oh and I'm God, like, yes. good. It's about freaking time. Yeah. Even the stories you hear, like you hear podcasts, and like interviews where like comics that are also like, goats they're like yeah oh yeah i don't want to follow jessica Kirsten. oh my Fuck god that. <laughs> yeah i i think i feel like bill burr like i yeah. one time i heard him describing her and he was like you do not you do not want to follow uh, jess and i was like whoa what yeah. a, what a like testament how do you feel when you hear like uh those how do you feel when you feel when you hear those testaments where like those little pieces of comedy nuggets. Ooh. How do you feel? I'm like, give me more. I want to oh know God. more. I like want to, I want to be a fly on the wall in the green room, you oh, know, yeah. like I want to know more about like process and about the like camaraderie yeah. and like seeing like experienced comics, like goof around with each other oh, or yeah, be yes. serious or just like seeing uh, very established comedians, like, hearing their perspective on like who do they yeah. what peers do they admire and why um because yeah. there's always going to be people that like like all these greats like they have like favorites or peers who they respect who like no one's heard of mm -hmm. and they're like you have to watch this person like you don't know that person and it's like yeah. oh, no they're not on netflix so it's like we don't know <laughs> yeah um it's hard to find i didn't but, know yeah. about uh there was a guy one of my friends back home howard he put me onto this guy um, he's older, way back in the day comic. His name's uh Franklin Ajay. Okay. And and when I started looking at comedy, I was looking at I mean the first people I saw was like I remember when I was a child and I saw Robin Williams mm -hmm. like on HBO. I was like, yo, this dude is crazy. He's so funny. Yeah. Like just all these people. Mm -hmm. And he's just acting crazy on stage. I was like, mm -hmm. this is amazing. Then I remember when I was young, I saw a little bit of Carlin and I was like, all right, this is a little bit too much for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he's talking about. 
<laughs> and then like um uh, I, when it came to like black comics, like finding people I could feel like I would identify with. You see, yeah. like the Lucas Brothers, mm-hmm. and Hannibal, and then Gerard and Kevin Barnett, rest in peace. And it's like, like Josh Johnson, like people, you, like you know where you look, stay at in like the the uh, frame of your own culture. Yeah, you know. So like seeing Franklin the Jai, I was like, oh, he's like one of those guys. But back then, yeah. Cause like my mom, she had like a bunch of deaf comedy jam tapes and it was like that kind of comedy. Cool. And I was like, I respect it. But it's like, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I could like Cedric the entertainer. Like I, I that's not Steve yeah. Harvey. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when you see your people, you gravitate to, and then you see like how your contemporary, ten, ten, blah, contemporary say mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see them, Nailed you start it. like, <laughs> You start like finding, like molding your own shit. Yeah. And you just go for yeah. that. Yeah. I you just you mentioned Gerard and I saw him at um Union Hall a few months ago. Nice. Yeah. It was like it's so it's such a it's such a privilege to be able to like see people where you're like your greatness is undeniable. I'm literally four <laughs> feet away from you. Like oh, yeah. watching you figure stuff out. That's it's that's something I really love about this particular art form. Yeah. You're like watching people work it out in real time, which yeah. is pretty cool. Freaking, um, I've seen a, uh, me and a friend, we went to go see uh, Michael Che at Bowery Ballroom. Mm-hmm. And we were like, like no one wanted to sit up front. So the only spots was available was like right there. Like the stage oh, is like arm's length away. Yeah. And then Will Sylvins comes out. He's hosting. You see uh, a bunch of other people on the side. There is for like a bunch of other people. And he brings out Che and then Che's just up there. And he's just like chilling. Like a lady had talked out loud and he kind of like crowd worked her. But he wasn't like malicious. Yeah. He just, like, his chillness made her seem more like an asshole. Mm. <laughs> and cool. it was, like, it was super packed. And people, like, I was like, this is his open mic. This yeah. is literally his open mic. Yeah. <laughs> A show is his open mic. And he's just, like, just saying shit. Yeah. Ooh, it's cool. Um, we are we are coming to the end of, of our time together. Three, three, three. Um, wasn't oh that crazy? God. That was insane. <laughs> I have a friend where we, her birthday is September 11th. And um, we always like, if we look at our phone and it's like 9-11, like the time, we always screenshot and send it to each other. Like, love you. <laughs> She's like, this is our love language. Salma <laughs> Hindi, shout out. <laughs> um, but where can people, where can people find you oh, and find so your stuff funny. and find where you're performing or, <laughs> yeah, or, or other other shit, whatever else you're up to? Um so let's see what i got oh so i got a podcast as well um i haven't gotten to the point where i have guests yet but you're definitely on the roster for that like (laughs) in time it'll be an honor but like you know take your time um it's called no keep talking podcast Mm -hmm. where i uh it comes out weekly every monday and i just say i just talk about a lot of shit okay a lot of crazy shit um you know how to the correct way to like punish pedophiles and like oh great you know like, we, okay you great know, i mean volcanoes and if you 
have to bring sushi to a cashier is probably not good. Mm. Like, it shows where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. You're so gonna that's learn what, a lot uh, of life lessons. Apple and Spotify. And then uh, show wise, I got a show coming up in Philly at the Philly Punchline on the 16th. Cool. Um, that's at eight. So that'll be interesting. Uh, the week after the Super Bowl, go Eagles. So we'll see what happens. This would be nice. Cool. Yeah. And who? Where are you on? Are you on Instagram? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I got two Instagram accounts. Uh, one is at Tori Huggins. Um, that's the main one, and the mm -hmm. other one is at Cheap Mill Champ, where I cook cheap ass shit for like not like it's good shit, but it's just super cheap. Cool. Yeah. Great. Chicken tikka masala, just super easy. <laughs> Tasty, delish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Well. Thank you so much for coming on the yeah, show today. Thanks for having I appreciate me. Appreciate it. It's great talking to you. It was a pleasure. Cool. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you, Connor. Mm -hmm.